You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. I recently spoke at a conference, which you're actually going to hear more about in today's episode, and because I wanted to look and feel my best for that event, I decided to meet up with my friend who is a professional stylist and have her help me pick out a great outfit. She had me try on lots of different outfit combinations to help hone in on my personal style and dress for my body type, and she reminded me that no outfit is complete without a great pair of shoes. For someone like me who likes to wear more neutral clothes, my shoes can be the statement piece in the outfit. For chic and comfortable flats that can easily be dressed up and dressed down for any kind of seasonal gathering, I shop Rothy's. I have the Point in Portobello, which is a perfect shade of nude for a polished date night look, and I also have the Sneaker in Desert Cat, which is a leopard print slip-on tennis shoe that my stylist friend told me can add that pop of fun to any outfit. As part of this conference, I also sold my Flexigold journals at a booth and had to be on my feet for 12 hours, two days in a row. So you better believe I chose to wear my Rothy sneakers. They are the only shoes that I own that I could stand wearing for that long. They are comfortable, durable, so cute, and you can wash them when they get dirty or stinky. These shoes are a literal dream and would be such an amazing gift to ask for or to give yourself this year for the holidays. Get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3in30. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3in30. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, friend. Happy Monday and happy Thanksgiving week if you're in the United States like I am. For today's episode, I'm going to do an abridged version of the presentation that I gave at Pinner's conference in Utah a few weeks ago about three ways to recover from mom burnout. Before I jump into that, I wanted to tell you a bit about the experience of being at Pinner's. This was my first time ever being a vendor or speaking at a Pinner's conference. I hosted a booth where we sold my Flex of Gold journal, and a couple of my team members were there to help me. It was exhausting and exhilarating. It was two very long days, but we were so thrilled to get to meet many listeners of the podcast and hopefully some new listeners of the podcast, women who came to the booth and found out about the journal and we were able to introduce to the show. I loved getting to hug many listeners and they were so gracious thanking me for the show. One woman came up to me with literal tears in her eyes and told me in such a heartfelt way that the Flex of Gold journal saved her relationship with her teenagers. So if you don't know what the Flexigold Journal is, it's a three-year journal for moms that I created several years ago where you can track and write down one golden moment from your day, preferably with your children, though some days I write a moment that wasn't with my kids, just another golden moment from my life. But the idea is to help you to start looking for the good and looking for the gold in your life, maybe especially in the times when it seems like there is just nothing there. It gets you to see the good in your life and you start to develop a habit where you can notice the good as it is happening because you're in 
the mode of looking for it. And you know you're going to write it down that night. And so you start to notice it while it's happening. This mother said that she found out about the FlexiGold journal when she was in a very, very difficult season with her teenagers. And she thought, I don't know, will this really work for me? But she bought it and she said the simple practice of looking for the good in them and writing it down changed her relationship with them. And she was so grateful for this journal. And I can't even tell you how much that means to me to get feedback like that. It just means everything. So the FlexiGold journal is actually on sale right now. Today, Monday, November 21st, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, is the first day of my annual Black Friday sale. It will run for two weeks. And the FlexiGold journal only goes on sale twice a year for the holidays and for Mother's Day. So this would be a great time to stock up if you like to give these out as gifts or if you've been waiting to get one for yourself. The journal is marked down $5 for the next two weeks and then you can actually stack an additional 10% off of that price if you use the code 3 and 30 And that's just as a way to thank you for being a listener of the show. Take that additional 10% off with the code 3 and 30 and you can find those journals if you go to 3and30podcast.com slash flexofgold. And I will, of course, put that link in the show notes. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the journals within my presentation today, within my takeaways today. But I wanted to make sure that you knew about that sale that is happening. So overall, I'd say that Pinners was a great experience. And I'm so honored that I was able to do it. And I'm honored and excited to be able to share with you today the presentation that I gave there. My presentation was an hour long, so I have to abridge it a little bit today, but I'm going to give you the highlights for how to recover from mom burnout. So first of all, I want to define what is burnout. This is a term that we sort of throw around in casual conversations. We all sort of know what it means, but did you know that this has actually been studied by researchers and it is defined in psychology? One of the early researchers of burnout created the mass latch burnout inventory in the 80s, and this is a way that they can systematically measure how burned out people are. Generally, they use this in the workplace and professional settings to get a measure on the level of well-being and happiness of employees in different career fields. And as I read through the three parts of this definition of burnout, I want you to think about yourself and how it applies to you within your motherhood. So in this mass latch burnout inventory, burnout is defined by first emotional exhaustion, Feelings of being emotionally drained and lacking emotional resources. Second, depersonalization, a negative and detached response to other people and loss of idealism. And third, personal accomplishment, a decline in feelings of competence and performance at work. And I for sure can see how all three of those things play out within my motherhood when I am feeling really beyond my ability to emotionally function. I think we've all been there. And one way that I think about burnout is when the fire inside of you dwindles or goes out and you can no longer give light or warmth to those around you or to yourself. Your fire is literally out. You are burned out. You can't give that light and love to others. And that's why it matters so much that we figure out how to recover from burnout so that Our light can burn bright, our warmth can burn bright, and we can give that to our children, to ourselves, to all of the people in our life. To recover from burnout, you really have to rekindle that fire inside your body, mind, and spirit. And I'm going to give you a takeaway for each one of these. A way to rekindle the fire in your body, 
a way to rekindle the fire in your mind and a way to rekindle the fire in your spirit, the passion and connection to your kids and to your motherhood. So for takeaway number one, we are going to talk about your body, how to recover from mom burnout by utilizing your body. And your first takeaway is that you have to complete the stress cycle. And the stress cycle is something that is discussed in detail in a super interesting book that I recently read, Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. They are twin sisters who have doctorate degrees and have done a lot of in-depth study about women's health. So in this book, the Nagowski sisters define stress as a neurological and physiological shift that happens in your body when you encounter a threat. We often think of stress as just something that's sort of in our minds, like the mental load, it's all in our minds, and something that maybe we can fix in our minds if we just have a better planning system or to-do list or something. But they point out in this book that all the research suggests that stress is incredibly physical. It is neurological and physiological shifts that happen in your body when you encounter a threat. And this is an evolutionarily adaptive response. It started millennia ago when human beings would face a threat like a lion, like a saber-toothed tiger, and their bodies would react to give them the resources that they needed to escape that physical threat. So this is an instinct that has stayed with us over time. The problem though is that the type of threat that we face today is very different than the types of threats that we would have faced thousands of years ago. To show you just how physical stress is, I want to read you a quote from the book that really goes into depth about the different systems in your body that are activated and elevated when you come in contact with a threat, whether that is a lion chasing you like in the old days, or whether it is your child having a massive temper tantrum. Okay, this is what happens. When your brain notices the lion, and remember we could be talking about metaphorical lions today, it activates a generic stress response, a cascade of neurological and hormonal activity that initiates physiological changes in your body to help you survive. Epinephrine acts instantly to push blood into your muscles. Glucocorticoids keep you going. Endorphins help you ignore how uncomfortable all of this is. Your heart beats faster, so your blood pumps harder, so your blood pressure increases and you breathe more quickly. Your muscles tense. Your sensitivity to pain diminishes. Your attention is alert and vigilant, focusing on the short-term here and now thinking. Your senses are heightened. Your memory shifts. Plus, to maximize your body's efficiency in the state, your other organ systems get deprioritized. Your digestion slows down and your immune functioning shifts. Ditto growth and tissue repair as well as reproductive functioning. Your entire body and mind change in response to the perceived threat. End quote. Wow, right? Our bodies are on overdrive, literally, when we encounter a threat or a stressor. And in the old days, as I mentioned, we would react physically to a stressor. We would run from that stressor or we would turn and fight. And all of that stress that was pent up and held in our bodies would be released as we battled that stressor or as we ran from that stressor. All of that energy would be used up. The problem is (laughs) with our stressors today in the modern world, even as we face our stressors, we're not using our bodies. So all of that extra energy and those physiological changes never get used up. Our bodies never get the message that we're safe 
And so our systems sort of stay in overdrive because we haven't released the stress. Does that make sense? They explain it probably a lot better than I am right now in the book. And in fact, I'm going to just read you a quote from them. They say, just telling yourself you're safe now, calm down, doesn't help. You have to do something that signals to your body that you are safe or else you'll stay in that state with neurochemicals and hormones degrading, but never shifting into relaxation. So think about all of the different types of lions that you have in your life. You're probably not actually running away from any physical lions or turning to fight those, but you face them every day. Maybe it's worries about the future. Maybe it's children's medical conditions or drama in extended family relationships, teenage rebellion, money worries, self-criticism, toddler tantrums, meal planning, which seems like such a minor lion, but can feel like a literal attack when we're faced with it day after day after day. And our bodies react to it and our stress increases when you face meal planning if you really hate it like I do. Maybe it's marriage struggles or work deadlines. Whatever it is, we all have lions in our daily life and we have to signal to our bodies that we are safe so that our bodies don't stay in this constant state of overdrive, which is really, really unhealthy mentally and physically for us. So what can you do with your body to calm the stress response and to let your body know that it's safe again? It has to be something physical. Obviously, the quick instinct is, well, exercise, physical movement. And yes, that is huge. And we're going to come back to it in just a second. But if you are somebody and you're thinking, oh, Rachel, this is not my cup of tea. I am not an exerciser. I really don't like it. Or I have physical health conditions that make it so that I can't exercise or I'm in the middle of a really difficult pregnancy. Are you telling me that the only way to get rid of my stress is by going for a run or something like that? I can't do that. No, that is not what I'm telling you. In the book, they talk about lots of other ways that you can use your body to release the stress that's pent up inside of you. Breathing, deep breathing, particularly when you take a long, deep inhale, hold for a few seconds, and then exhale even longer than your inhale was. The the research suggests that this is really, really effective for releasing stress. You can tense each part of your body. So you can lay down in your bed and do kind of a meditation where you tense your hands and then you tense your shoulders and then you release them and shake them out and then you tense your legs and your glutes and your abs and you're going through part by part and just tensing everything. You can dance and sing, put on some tunes and jam it out with your kids. Physical affection, a long, tight hug with somebody that you really love. Intimacy can release stress. Laughter, laughing until you cry. It lets your body know, okay, we're safe now. Crying is a physical way to release stress. Creative expression, where you're using your hands and your mind to create art. And social interaction as well. Chatting with friends, laughing with them are always things that we do with our physical bodies that let our bodies know that they're safe and that they can relax a little bit and that the lion is no longer coming at them. I don't know about you, but that motivates me. You know, that motivates me to get outside and go for a walk every day, even if I don't really feel like it, even if it's cold. It's more motivating to me than just I should. I should go to the gym because that's what people say is good for me. This is why exercise is good for you. It's kind of common for people to say, oh, it's so good for my mental health and it releases my stress. This is why. 
And let me read you one more quote from the book about the impact of physical movement on your stress. When you're being chased by a lion, what do you do? You run. When you're stressed out by the bureaucracy and hassle of living in the 21st century, what do you do? You run or swim or dance around your living room singing along to Beyonce or sweat it out in a Zumba class or do literally anything that moves your body enough to get you breathing deeply. Physical activity is what tells your brain you have successfully survived the threat and now your body is a safe place to live. Physical activity is the single most effective strategy for completing the stress response cycle. End quote. So next time you are feeling stressed, you are feeling your body elevated, you are feeling burned out and like you are at the end of your rope and maybe the last thing that you want to do is go and move your body because you're so depleted. Remember this science and remember how much it will bless your body if you let it know that it's safe instead of letting it get stuck in the middle of the stress response cycle without there ever being a resolution. And as your homework for this takeaway, I actually want you to make a list of things that you enjoy doing with your body that could potentially release stress. Because sometimes when you're in it, when you're super stressed or you're really feeling burned out, you can't think of anything because you're not in a mental place to be able to access the tools. So if you have a list already made, you can look at it. And I want you to divide this list into three columns, one minute ideas, 15 minute ideas, and hour-long ideas because you're going to have different lengths of time depending on your situation that day. And just because you don't have time to go for an hour-long hike does not mean that you can't do jumping jacks for one minute or dance with your kids in the living room for one minute to release that stress. I actually created a worksheet that goes along with my presentation that has the takeaways and these kind of homework prompts. I'm going to give you one for each takeaway. So if you would like the worksheet that you can use All you have to do is text the word burnout to 55444. That's 55444. Send a text with the word burnout and you will get a worksheet that you can fill out for the three takeaways from today's episode. Now, before we move on to takeaways two and three about how to recover from burnout in your mind and in your spirit, let's take a quick break and thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Do you ever wish life came with a user manual? Uh, I sure do. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck or burned out. There are so many decisions to make, especially during the holiday season right now, and that can lead us to feeling decision fatigue, overwhelm, and mental overload. This is why I'm so grateful to have a trusted professional counselor in my life to help me process my experiences and my roles as a parent, a business owner, a wife, and a friend. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash three and 30. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash three and 30. This podcast is also sponsored by Faraday, a family brand founded to prioritize craftsmanship, sustainability, and comfort in the clothing industry. 
Alex Faraday is a dad who started this company with his wife, Carrie, and his twin brother, Mike. They channeled their love of the beach lifestyle into clothing for life's greatest moments. Every piece of Faraday clothing is designed to be a lifetime favorite. And if anything happens along the way, Faraday will replace or fix your clothes for life, no matter what. Now that is a quality guarantee that I respect. I also respect Faraday's ongoing partnership with native designers to help end appropriation in fashion. This is a company that definitely stands behind their values and one I can feel good about supporting. I'm currently eyeing the daily shirt in Olivia plaid. It looks perfect for casual cozy yet sophisticated layering for the cold weather months, which we have plenty of here in Idaho. Faraday is giving all 3 and 30 listeners an amazing deal, 20% off on your order. Head to FaradayBrand.com slash 3 and 30 and use code 3 and 30 at checkout to get this deal. That's code 3 and 30 at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com slash 3 and 30 for 20% off. FaradayBrand.com slash 3 and 30. Okay, so now that you have done takeaway number one, you've completed the stress cycle, you've changed your physical state and calmed your body, it's time to talk about your spirit. And this takeaway, takeaway number two, is going to help you to change your heart state and calm your spirit. And the takeaway is to lean in to the motherhood activities you actually enjoy. And I know that that is so much easier said than done. I know that when you are feeling burned out, often the last thing that you want to do is turn towards your kids, lean into them, invest more in that relationship, because everything in you is telling you to run away, is telling you that your children are the lion and that you need to escape. You may think, I need a break. I just need a break. And I am all for taking lots of breaks within motherhood and building conscious me time and soul care time into every day. But I also think that it is super important to remind your spirit that your children are not the lion, that you do sort of enjoy these people. Sure, motherhood in itself can bring a lot of lions along with it, but your children aren't lions. You love them. You enjoy them. There are some things that you enjoy doing with your children. And if you can figure out what those things are and make a list that you can easily access in times of depletion and stress that you can look at and say, oh yeah, I do enjoy doing this, this, or this with them, then you can rely on that in those days when you're feeling really depleted and a break or an escape is just not in the cards for you. Instead of running away, you can run towards. So your homework for this takeaway is similar to the homework from the first takeaway. You're going to come up with one-minute ideas, 15-minute ideas, and 60-minute ideas of things that you actually like doing with your children. Okay, quick takeaway there, but I really want to devote the rest of this episode to the third and final takeaway, which is all about how to change your mental state and calm your mind when you're feeling burned out. And this takeaway should not be a surprise to any of you. It is to write down your flex of gold. I already mentioned this journal at the beginning of the episode, but I am so incredibly passionate about mothers taking the time to notice the perfect, beautiful moments that they share with their children and writing them down, memorializing them, making them more real, giving them more weight to anchor them through the heavy and hard times in motherhood. I've always sort of intuitively known that this practice is really effective for overcoming mom burnout because I've used it in my own life. 
but there's also a lot of science behind why this works. I am in the middle of reading the book, Buddha's Brain, The Practical Neuroscience of Happiness, Love, and Wisdom by Dr. Rich Hansen. And a quote from that book really jumped out at me as to why this gratitude practice is so important for the shaping of our brains. Here's a quote from the book. Most of the shaping of your mind remains forever unconscious. This is called implicit memory, what it feels like to be you based on the slowly accumulating residues of lived experience. But here's the problem. Your brain preferentially scans for, registers, stores, recalls, and reacts to unpleasant experiences. It's like Velcro for negative experiences and Teflon for positive ones. The remedy is not to suppress negative experiences. When they happen, they happen. Rather, it's to foster positive experiences and in particular, to take them in so they become a permanent part of you, end quote. So much about this quote that I love. I love the term implicit memory, what it feels like to be you. These aren't explicit memories that you have of your life, but just sort of the general feeling you have about your life, about your motherhood. And this is based on, as he says, the slowly accumulating residues of lived experience. So all of those little moments that you start to gather, they add up and they become part of your implicit memory and your belief about yourself and your world. But our brains are like Velcro for the negative. We remember the negative, the negative sticks. And unfortunately, our brains are like Teflon for positive. The positive things can kind of bounce off of us. It can be harder for us to take those things in. And so... As Dr. Hansen says here, we have to foster the ability to take in the positive so that it will become a permanent part of us. The best way that I have learned how to do that is through my flexible journaling practice. I developed this practice when I was in a very, very difficult time of my life. There were a lot of lions in my life at that time, a lot of constant stress. We had just adopted my son and I had so many emotions about that experience I was navigating an open adoption with his birth parents while also adjusting to being a new mom. He was colicky and I just never knew how any day would go with him. I felt a lot of panic going to bed at night, not knowing how the night would go and how much I would be up in the night and if I would even be able to sleep. My husband was in residency at the time. He was very rarely home and we didn't have any money to hire help. One of the key components of burnout that research has found is heavy workload and feeling under-resourced. And that was definitely my experience at that time. I was also dealing with a lot of grief that was emerging for me over the loss of my own mother that had happened almost a decade earlier. But becoming a mother myself had awakened and brought up a lot of painful emotions that I hadn't processed. And the way that I dealt with that, I tried to numb out through eating disorder behaviors. So yeah, this was an incredibly difficult time in my life. And at that time, I happened to hear a sermon from a religious leader where he talked about a miner in the California gold rush who had learned to focus on collecting flecks of gold instead of only looking for big, huge nuggets. And that if he started mining out those little flecks of gold from the rocks, that he would accumulate great wealth. And I took that to heart and I decided that I was going to start looking for a beautiful moment every single day with my very colicky baby, who I loved dearly, but who was difficult. And as I did that, and as I started writing down those little flecks of gold, my entire perspective on my motherhood and on myself changed. My implicit memory became more positive. 
And of course, at that time, the actual physical Flexigold journal didn't exist yet. I hadn't created it yet, but it was just a practice that I did in a notebook. And then years later, I decided that I wanted to turn this into an actual journal, a beautiful hardcover linen bound gold embossed journal that mothers could treasure and could write their most treasured memories in and pass it down as an heirloom to their children. It's also a three-year format. So each day of the year actually has three spots underneath it for three different years. So you'll add your memory from this year and then the next year on that same day, you'll get to read your memory from last year as you are adding your new memory. And so it's almost like a time hop for your most beautiful, most precious memories. It is such a gift and thousands of women from the 3 and 30 community have used this journal and love this journal. And I have used this journal and love this journal. And I love looking back at the memories that I wrote last year when I come upon them this year. And I wanted to share a couple of those with you. This first one is from October 4th, 2021. I wrote, I was working at an outdoor table at the library when Ryan dropped Sally off to hang out with me while he went to the store. She got out of his truck wearing her hot pink rollerblades and huge helmet with a handmade sock puppet on her hand. Mama, she exclaimed, remember how I wanted to take a mental health day from school this morning? I'm so glad I didn't because we had a puppet show. (laughs) And I just love that sweet and tender memory of my girl that I no doubt would have forgotten had I not written it down and captured that golden moment in time. Here's another from October 5th, 2021. Yesterday, Noah was yelling at me to come help him and acting entitled, and I got mad and yelled back about how I'm not his slave. Instead of getting defensive, he took a deep breath and said, I'm sorry, Mom, I shouldn't have treated you like that. It's awesome to see his resilience and maturity growing. And I love that I wrote that down because it can be so easy for us to decide that our kids are always a certain way. And to not see the growth happening in them. Like my son is always entitled. My son never says he's sorry. But when you start to sort of track the moments and prove yourself wrong in those stories and write down the evidence that tells a more positive story, you start to believe it more and to see the best in your kids and in your life. And I want to read just one more that's from September 9th of this year. I had actually missed writing on September 9th of last year, and so I had an extra big space that I could fill. I could write a little bit longer this year. Sometimes women ask me that. They're like, well, what if I accidentally miss a day? You know, is all lost? And no, all is not lost. You can just leave it blank. Or the next year, you can just write a little bit more and write over two spots, if that makes sense. And that's what I did this year. On September 9th, 2022, I wrote this. Ryan and I got home from a date tonight and I was exhausted, so I just fell right into bed. The kids always migrate to where I am, so before I knew it, they had climbed into bed with me. They were a bit wired because we had left them home alone eating pizza and watching a movie during our date. It is so nice that Noah can babysit now. They were giggling and playing with each other and being kind of obnoxious, and it just struck me how incredibly grateful I am to be their mom and to have this life. Ryan came and got in bed with us too. So did Petra. That's our dog. And I just thought, everything I care about most in this world is in this bed with me right now. I am so lucky. And I just wanted to end on that entry because I think it really captures the joy and the fulfillment that we can feel within our motherhood when we're not burned out. And there are tools and strategies for working ourselves back and recovering from burnout and overwhelm. And I'm going to recap those for you right now, as you know, I always like to do at the end of every episode. So the first way that you can help yourself to recover from mom burnout 
is to calm your body by completing the stress cycle through physical activity. Second, you can calm your spirit by leaning into the motherhood activities you actually enjoy. And third, you can calm your mind by writing down your flex of gold. And that's your homework for this week. That's your last bit of homework is to write down a fleck of gold from every day of the coming week and see if it changes your perspective on your motherhood. You can do this on the worksheet that I've provided that goes along with this episode. Remember, you just have to text BURNOUT to 55444 to get that worksheet. And even better would be to order your own beautiful hardbound Flexible Journal, which is on sale right now for the holidays, $5 off for the next two weeks, additional 10% off with the code 3 and 30. Don't forget that. I know you will not regret adding this gratitude practice to your life, which will help to enliven and rekindle your love of motherhood, that fire within you. I hope that you will invest in this for yourself and for your children. Friend, I hope that you know that I am rooting for you always. I want you to feel happiness and fulfillment in your motherhood every day, and I hope that these takeaways will help. Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.